everyone, welcome to Remap, my name is Jared, and today we're going to be talking about Outer Wilds by Mobius Digital, which I was able to play on the Xbox Series X, and real quick, as always, these are my opinions and mine alone. Now, Outer Wilds was actually a game that was recommended to me by multiple of my friends. I didn't know anything about it, they recommended it to me, they said, oh, it's a great game, you need to play it, give it a shot, but interestingly enough... They told me basically nothing about the story, the mechanics. They just said, oh, you got to play it. Yeah, you got to play it. But after playing this game, it's very obvious why they did that. Outer Wilds is a game about discovery. And I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to experience the game the way it was meant to be. So the first part of this review is going to be extremely spoiler-free. Like, I am going to try and be as vague as possible. I'm intentionally going to harm the quality of this spoiler-free review just so I don't give anything away. I'm going to get into a spoiler-heavy discussion after, but I want to make sure that you guys can experience this game for yourself. Okay? So I'll let you know when I'm switching to that. But to give any sort of review, I have to give the basic premise of the game, which, you know, is going to be in their advertising, so I'm not spoiling anything here. It's a game about discovering the secrets of a solar system. So you're, you know, flying around, walking around on different unique planets, discovering stuff. That's all I'm going to say about the story. The most basic description of it. So, jumping into this review, visually... I thought the art style fit the game very well. You know, something that was hyper-realistic wouldn't have worked with the tone of this game. It's got that indie feel, and a number of the locations are visually stunning. You know, stuff that when you when you see these set pieces, you, you're walking around, you see these moments, you just go, whoa. Like, some, some truly incredible visuals. The game fortunately ran very well. I didn't have any frame drops. And bugs and glitches were extremely rare. One of the nice things about being on, you know, the next-gen hardware, unless your game is just absolutely ridiculously unoptimized, it, it can brute force its way through areas that the original Xbox One would have some problems with, which was very nice to see. But moving on, one of my few complaints was regarding how the game controlled. There was just not enough options in terms of control schemes in the settings. And I felt that the spaceship that you're flying around, very, very clunky. And, and it's hard to control at times. What really helps as you're playing this game, put yourself in the mindset to treat it like a lunar lander and not a classic sci-fi spaceship. You know, I, I can't fly it around like an X-Wing like I want to. I have to treat it like an old school Apollo lander. That's clunky as hell, but you just got to deal with it. But I do want to rewind real quick to that visuals because I know I mentioned that, you know, it's got the indie feel and it's stunning and there's some cool, cool bits, but I don't want to sell the game short. You know, I, I want to reiterate, this is the kind of game where you can just sit at a location for a few minutes just to appreciate what you're looking at. Like there, there's, there's times in this game where you'll just sit and look at things and just it, it, it looks great. It, it just looks great. But what, what helps the game sell these moments, you know, these times when you're just sitting there going, this is really cool, is, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack by Andrew 
and excuse the pronunciation, Prahlo, I hope I'm saying that right, is absolutely excellent. That right there is what sells these moments in the game. And when it comes to, to video game soundtracks, there, there, there's three classes in my opinion. I, I want to go on a little, little tangent about soundtracks. There's three classes. The first one is your generic background music soundtrack. It exists just because the game needs a soundtrack. And, you know, maybe it'll have a memorable moment with some specific scenes. But overall, the, the soundtrack feels like an afterthought. It's there because the game needs one. And this isn't an insult. Some games just don't need in-depth emotional soundtracks. Like a Call of Duty game. You do not need to invest a ridiculous amount of time and money into, you know, a, a awe-inspiring soundtrack. When most of the time people are going to be playing is going to be multiplayer, where they need to hear people's footsteps, and so they ain't going to be listening to any music. So, you know, there's plenty of games that a insane soundtrack is not required, nor is it recommended. Now, the second tier is, or class, I might say, is soundtracks that enhance your enjoyment of the game. Soundtracks that can get you amped up in exciting moments and, you know, more melancholy in sad moments. And I, I want to give an example here. Cyberpunk 2077. The game justifiably got a ton of flack, but it had a very, very good soundtrack that made the game better. That's, that's, that's the big thing when you want to look at this tier of soundtracks. You want to look at soundtracks that make a game better by amplifying emotional moments. You know, it even had a song that I added to my Spotify, Isometric Air. You can tell if a soundtrack is really good if it gets on your Spotify. You know, if a song from it makes it what makes its way onto a playlist that's not just a meme playlist, that's, that's, that's pretty darn good. But finally, the third class of soundtracks are soundtracks that you cannot imagine a game without. Soundtracks that are as recognized and as loved as much as the rest of a game. You know, these are soundtracks that fully immerse you in a game and make the game so much more enjoyable. Like I said, you know, if, if, if you think of a soundtrack and you go, oh my gosh, I cannot think of this game without this soundtrack, it's probably in this class. A great example of this is Super Mario Galaxy. It's just song after song after song that fits each world perfectly, makes the game better. Just a, just an excellent, excellent soundtrack. And, and when thinking about Outer Wilds, you know, put it, putting, putting a lot of thought into it, you know, listening to the soundtrack, I, I might have to put Outer Wilds in this third class up with some of the big boys because I felt that every great moment of the game had a different song behind it that perfectly captured the emotion of the moment. You know, you, you want an excellent soundtrack to, to give you those emotional beats. You, you want it to make you feel something. And man, there's some songs in this game. After you play through it, you hear them, you feel something. It's, it's great. And, and, Travelers, the song used in the intro, you know, there's a good chance it sneaks on my top ten all-time songs in gaming. It's it's once you play the game, you'll you'll recognize how memorable the song is. 
And the other thing with this is by utilizing, you know, a, a powerful soundtrack, it allows you to impact players with silence. You know, having an important story moment play out in silence has so much more weight when it's, you know, it's abnormal. You're used to, oh, you know, here's a orchestral score, or here's a big, you know, bass drop, but just pure silence also carries weight. And, you know, I, I said this earlier, you just have to play the game and to, to have the full experience to know how special it is. And, and that's a good way of describing Outer Wilds. It's, it's an experience. It's just so different from any other game that I've played. It's, it's very hard to describe and quantify it just because of how unique it is. Now, there was one area that I did get stuck on. I, I, I won't say what. But I had to ask one of my friends for, for some help after about a couple of hours. This was the only time I felt that the game design could have been better. The, it's, it's the only time that I was like, okay, this is stupid. This should have been designed better. Other than that and the ship controls, I don't really have any complaints. You know, discovering secrets, putting clues together, and figuring things out on your own is extremely rewarding. It's it's extremely rewarding. It's, it's just a special experience. But after careful consideration, very careful consideration, I think I'm actually going to be giving Outer Wilds a, ve a very rare score. I'm going to be giving it a an A. It's, it's truly a unique game that you can only play once. You can only play it once in your life. Because, you know, once you play it, once you know all the secrets, once you know everything, it's, it's not the same. You can only play this game once. And it's, gonna, it's an easy recommendation for pretty much anybody. Just, just an easy recommendation. Go give the game a shot. But that concludes the review segment. And I will now be talking some spoilers for the rest of this discussion. So if you have not played this game, you have an obligation to yourself to leave now, if it gets spoiled, it's no fun, so just leave. If you're heading out, you've been listening to Remap, the gaming podcast, and I thank you for tuning in. Now, if you're still here, I want to talk about some specifics, because this game gets way crazier than I was expecting it to. I didn't even know. That's the crazy thing. You know, they advertise there's a time loop. But I purposefully didn't mention it earlier because I didn't know there was a time loop until the first time I died. I, I just didn't read it in the ad. I, I didn't know anything about it. It was, it was insane. But I can tell that when you're starting the game out, you know, the, the quote unquote suggested or recommended starting point is definitely the Adelrock. I am so happy I went to, to, you know, the moon first. Because I can't imagine if I tried flying out to, like, Ember Twin and just got confused right off the get-go. It, it was just a, a great way to start out, get some glimpses of the exploration and greater story of the Nomai. Super, you know, starts, you know, make it, making your brain start to work going, okay, what's going on here? How does all this relate together? But the planets had such a great variety that it's difficult to pick a favorite if I had to pick one, it would probably be Brittle Hollow, just call it the Black Hole Planet. 
that thing, you know, when I talk about visuals that you can just sit and look at, what just a crazy looking planet. I remember the first time I jumped into the black hole and was so surprised that I didn't get instantly vaporized. Like when you jump into that thing, it teleports you out and you, you know, you see the sun in the distance. That's, Ooh, it, it looks cool. It, it just looks cool. But there's just so much to explore that's packed on these planets. Like, you know, a, a great moment for me was realizing that timber hearth isn't just a town. There's also ruins to explore. There's other bits and pieces scattered around the planet. Now, the Giant's Deep mechanic of throwing islands up in the air and needing that cyclone to shove you in the core probably was the most you know unique and original mechanic I've seen in a long time. Like, I'm sitting on an island, and that thing gets launched into space I, I cannot imagine another game having that. If there's a, if, if you need to correct me, please let me know. Such a cool mechanic. Now, it did take me a, a, a while to realize how to use the jellyfish, but the nice thing was I knew that I needed to use the jellyfish due to the clue on Dark Bramble. That was the great thing about Outer Wilds in that, you know, they, they give you clues and they point you in the right direction. So you would almost quote, I'm, I'm putting air quotes here, almost always have a eureka moment. I say almost. I'll get to that one exception later, but you, you heard it earlier if you were listening. But it's it's the, the rumor board. Oh, I cannot imagine playing the game without that rumor board because it, it, it kept me focused and gave me, you know, a path. Figuring out, okay, I need to figure this out, which will help me figure this out to get to that. Speaking of Dark Bramble... I, I, I want you to find me a person that didn't have a heart attack the first time the anglerfish attacked them. Those things were absolutely terrifying. Dark Bramble is basically uh, the video game equivalent of, like, a thriller. You know, not like a, a, a horror movie per se, like there's someone running around killing people, but just a terrifying experience you know going to the lights going uh-oh is this an anglerfish or not am i going to be screwed so once you figure figure it all out it's 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 pretty great and figuring out how to get by those anglerfish took me a hot minute of just sitting and thinking even after i got the clue on um on ember twin but finding the vessel you know deep in the core of dark bramble was when i started to put together a lot of the pieces of the story but the, the funny thing was, it actually never clicked for me until the very end. You know, I explored the Orbital Cannon, got the coordinates of the Eye of the Universe, and started to, to discover the Nomai's black and white hole research on Ember Twin. But I still never understood why the Orbital Cannon was firing at the start of every loop. So, you know, you can imagine my surprise when I finally put it all together and it all made sense. Because, you know, I was under the impression of, oh, I'm trying to, you know, save the sun or, the, you know, the sun is glitched. You know, it's when, when you figure it all out, like, it's crazy. So, we've talked about Timber Hearth, Brittle Hollow, Giant Steve, and Dark Bramble. That leaves us with the Hourglass Twins. Now... The Hourglass Twins were actually the final two planets 
that I touched down on while playing. And I am so happy that I did. You know, like I mentioned, go to the moon first, work my way outward. I am so glad I ended up on the Hourglass Twins last. You know, I the the story felt that it was coming to a climax when I was exploring the high energy lab or figuring out how to get to Sun Station just because I had already, you know, completed everything on Giant's Deep, Dark Bramble, you know, figuring out all these secrets before getting to the Hourglass Twins to start get those final pieces of the Ash Twin project. But it was here that I hit my wall. You know, once I'd filled out pretty much the entire rumor board, I think I actually did figure out the whole rumor board. You know, I was ready to go to the Ash Twin project, ready to get those secrets, ready to get to the ending. And my first instinct, my very first instinct was to travel to Ash Twin and to use, you know, one of those little teleporters. So I go to the one that's next to the Ember Twin teleporter. I stand on it. And then I get sucked up when the sand came around. And I immediately go, oh, okay, this one's broken and I have to find another way in. You know, cue the two hours later. I text my friend and, and find out, oh, no, you just have to walk into it at the perfect time. And I was, in my opinion, understandably pretty frustrated and still think that could have been designed better. You know, the fact that all the other teleporter areas had you know, a pretty wide green zone of when you could step into them made it annoying that this was just so precise and you needed to walk into it at a certain, at a certain moment, you know, put, put on a wall somewhere in like the core of Giants Deep that you need to walk into it at the perfect second. Like, just give me a hint. But once I finally got into Ash Twin, you know, I knew exactly what to do. Take that core, book it to the vessel, punch in the coordinates, and, and experience just an incredible ending. You know, you, you finally make it to the eye of the universe. You know it, you know it's the eye because you see that quantum moon orbiting it. Let me, let me just say, I had a blast figuring out the quantum moon, you know, figuring out how to get to it, to travel around it, and meeting a real, maybe not living though, Nomai. Very, very cool the, the conversation you have on the quantum moon. But the, the visual of the eye was incredible because, you know, you, you look off in the distance and you see your sun go supernova. You know, it's the end of your planet and of the solar system. Then you go on to the eye, what's supposedly older than the universe itself. And you, it's just one of the most surreal endings I've ever seen in a game. Like those final moments where you have, you know, all the explorers playing that song together. It's, it's just a beautiful ending to such, to such a unique gaming experience that, you know, like I said, I'll never be able to experience this again unless they make a completely original Outer Wilds 2. Like that just sense of, discovery entirely unique an entirely unique experience but i'm very thankful i was able to experience it just this once that is all i have for you today you've been listening to remap the gaming podcast my name is jared and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day